0: It's Monday, February 20, 2023 in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of Accessible World and Tech Talk. And tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the CES show. What's the CES show? You're going to find out as uh, John introduces our guests for this evening. And they are longtime friends and also attendees of the CES show and, uh, you know, Mike's got a number of hats that he wears when he's here. Well, let's welcome both Mike May and Gina Harper to Tech Talk.
1: Good evening.
0: Good evening. Tell us, tell us about CES. And, and first, maybe for those who don't know, what is CES?
1: Yeah, the Consumer Electronics Show, the international Consumer Electronics Show, the largest tech show in the world, uh, at least it's getting back to that status at one point it was up to 175,000 attendees. Last year it was about 45 after being just virtual over COVID. So this year it was back up to 120,000 and 3,200 vendors. I kind of like it at that level because 175 just got to be insane in terms of the logistics of getting around, waiting in long cab or Uber lines, trying to get into dinners around town, it's its nuts, uh, not to mention trying to book a hotel. So 120,000 is still a lot of folks. And Gene and I are going to give you just a thumbnail sketch of that conference. Uh, we like to divide and conquer. So we would split up and then compare notes and then maybe call or text each other and say, hey, uh, check this thing out. I found this really neat thing. Come see it. And then we had a group chat going with other blind folks that were also there, and we'd compare notes among that group. And some of them might jump in a little later tonight, but there was probably another six or eight of us. And I encourage others to go when you get a chance. There's free guide service. 100% of the time you can have a guide to go around for, the, the main part of the show is about three days, three and a half days. Uh, so you, you can, I mean, wear yourself out going through the hall with the sighted guide. I don't know of any other conference that that does that for the, the whole time. You, know, you might be able to get one for an hour, but uh, to get the play-by-play of everything is, is pretty amazing. And I have the real blessing of having the same guide for the last 12, 13 years. And so she knows what I like to find. She knows who I know. Uh, it's really an efficient team. It kind of reminds me of my ski guide. You know, when you really get to know somebody, then you're 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 really a pair. You're a team. So we're gonna um, we're gonna just blow through my notes, and I'm gonna mention some things. Um, some that Gina brought to my attention, and I went over to see them, but she'll tell you more about them. Some of the overview highlights in terms of what was emphasized this year. It changes every year, and it's interesting to me to to see how that happens. I mean, I remember back when Bluetooth was first a thing and it was it was delayed, so you got there and there was this whole Bluetooth pavilion and nobody was there. I mean, they just had tables with banners and no people because the Bluetooth uh, hadn't been approved, it wasn't out yet. I mean, that might seem light years ago to you guys, but um, it, it wasn't that long ago, 15, 17 years ago. Um, and just, to acknowledge history this presentation i'm I'm giving today is really a follow-on to the ones that started with ed Potter and playback magazine and that's how I started doing uh, the ces summaries uh, what I don't do these days and I keep thinking I'll do it again is record actualities as I go along so you can get interviews with people and hear hear the real stuff but uh, I have my braille note PK, I take copious notes. And so uh, you'll get a little bit of that. Uh, big theme this year was sustainability. In a lot of different ways, you were seeing products that had to do with that. Uh, a lot of health products, uh, electric vehicle products, um, tech for good. You know, It's a popular term that's sort of right up there with diversity and inclusion. <laughs> and of course, uh, good maps the company I work for that does um, focuses on indoor navigation. We had a booth in the North Hall. We are kind of in a weird section. Um, I don't know why they mixed us where we were. We should be in the smart city section, and I think that's where we'll be next year. But Good Maps was there with the booth, and we were elbow to elbow with the American Printing House for the Blind. And um, there was um, the I guess the exciting part of that for me was it was the first time we did indoor mapping real time of an exhibit hall, so if anybody goes to C Sun, you'll see that we've mapped the uh, the Anaheim Marriott and some of the other conferences we uh, we map, but uh, we we mapped from our booth to the Starbucks, and so imagine this big exhibit hall with maybe. I don't know, 50 aisles across and each aisle is 800 feet long and and not exactly a grid. Uh, Sometimes there's a big booth that pooches across two two lanes. So we had a route from our place to the Starbucks just outside of the North Hall. And it was exciting to see that uh, happen uh, once we were there because those booths don't go into the last minute. So it's kind of hard to map with LIDAR, which is how we do it. Uh, if if the booths aren't built yet, uh, and it was pretty neat to go by myself, winding through, well, of course, with my dog. Uh, but I can't tell her, you know, find the nearest Starbucks, <laughs> and uh, the map took us right there, so that was exciting. And the other exciting thing was there was a pitch competition focusing on accessibility, and the app for CES 2023 was. Um, had 70 companies that showed up under the category of accessibility. Now, I don't know what their claim was for all of those. Some of them I knew, most of them I didn't, but it was kind of cool that 70 some odd companies wanted to be seen as accessible or have accessible products. And so the pitch competition, there was about eight or 10 entries focusing on different disabilities, deaf, spinal cord injuries, uh, different things. And so we pitched. Um, I deferred to my colleague, Evelyn, and uh, she gave the two or three minute pitch, and uh, we won, um, which I was pleasantly surprised. But all the products were really cool. I think the thing that was significant was they were measuring by your impact. How many people do you impact with your product? And with indoor navigation it's not just for blind people it's for everybody so they could see that we could potentially have impact on travelers and sighted people blind people people in wheelchairs that we have a step-free mode all of these things and uh, because there was some pretty other pretty cool products like um, some glasses that um, they have text-to-speech but they have a little screen that for, for deaf folks it translates in real time from what the, the spoken word to text and puts it on the screen. Uh, there was another product for uh, somebody in a, I think, had a spinal cord injury that uh, helped them stand up. And I've seen these over the years. And of course, they're getting smaller and better and, uh, and more interesting. So, a lot of cool products, but Good Maps um, won that competition. So, I was pretty excited. Um, so, I'm going to switch over here to um, back and forth with Gina. And I'm just going to go through my notes. And they're chronological. They're not organized by product type. And the first day we go to something called Press Unveiled. And that's always been my favorite thing to go to if you have a media credential. And originally I got in with the media credential from Playback. um, And that's how I found out this Unveiled is my favorite part of CES, because you have about 100, 120 companies Small companies, a lot of startups, a lot of companies from France, and they are bringing their products in for the first time, and uh, it's right at the, before the show really launches. Uh, so we start out with that, and uh, first company I'm going to go through my notes here is um, Upfiner at U P F I N E R, and This may not seem significant, but I I thought it was kind of cool. It's a little mini safe. So picture a lunchbox, a little bit flatter than that, that um, has beeps and lights so you can program and and lock it closed. And it's meant for two primary purposes. When you travel and you're in a hotel room, you might want to put your jewelry or passport or uh, important things in that and keep them from being messed around with, stolen. And then uh, it's a big deal in Europe, particularly people are on trains and you fall asleep and somebody comes by and swipes your stuff. Um, so that was, that was very neat. And of course it has a, a sensor so that if it gets picked up and it gets away from you more than a, a certain distance that, um, that, you know, it, it would, an alarm would go off. So it's portable, but it is tethered to you. And, In my note, I have the website as SkyTed, S-K-Y-T-E-D dot I-O. Um, We're we're still seeing products that have to do with COVID. And so there was a mask there, a COVID mask with a built-in microphone. And it had dual purpose. One was obviously to screen you from your, your breathing from people around you. But also so that if you were in an open office environment, people wouldn't hear you talking. So you could be on the phone uh, or on something like this, talking and your next door neighbor wouldn't hear you that well. Uh, That was cool. That was uh, 400 bucks for that thing. And I've seen a couple of the models of those things over time.
2: I saw those in the virtual reality glasses. That's another huge theme, this virtual reality in the glasses where people can't hear you. So if you're talking about some strategy or something, only you can hear you or who you're talking to can hear you.
1: Yeah. And there's um, products in the sustainability category. There's a couple of water heater products and pumps that um, I thought were doing some neat things where they take, you think of all the hot water that goes down the drain when you take a shower and could you recapture that heat and recycle it? Could could you do something else with it? So they're using like drain water heat to um, then circulate back into your system and warm things up. So that was pretty cool. I got excited in that unveiled when I went by, and there was a company. My guide said, "Chocolate chip cookie," and I thought, "Oh, good! I'm <laughs> going to score one of those." No, it wasn't. um It wasn't a cookie. It was just a way to get people's attention, which worked pretty well. Uh, and it was a product called Ohms, like in uh, resistance. Ohm, <clears throat> Ohms Quest, and it was a kind of a neat little device with. Uh, various switches on it. It reminded me of some sort of DIY science project, but it would be really good for for games, and you could program it. And uh, it's from one of these French tech companies, uh, and they were really, I think, appealing to kids, but also just to people being inventive. And then one of the ones Gina uh, told me to go over and check out, I really liked, and their names were Joe and Bob.
2: yes and joe is an oven and bob is dishwasher and they're very small so like apartment size or just being efficient if you're a single person and they are really high tech i believe they're made in france um they were super efficient and fast i really like them that they would be very cool to have have those appliances
1: yeah i wrote down 2.5 feet high and Foot and a half wide and three feet deep. So they would be the whole depth of the counter. But um, you know, something that that you could have that would be efficient. And I'm always in search of kind of the who, who would think of that sort of product. And somebody thinks of everything. So there was a baby cry translator module. <laughs> so I think a lot of parents like to think after a while they know their kids that cry means they're wet that means they're hungry that means they're tired so but this crying translator supposedly would announce to you which thing it is um gina kind of reminds me of of your your uh, friend merlin the pig <laughs> oh
2: yeah uh, my friend merlin the pig is a real pig you guys he's a mini vietnamese a pot friend. belly pig pardon me
1: go ahead pot belly Yeah.
2: He, yeah, he's a pot belly pig. He's really special. And he has these cool buttons that go on the ground. And he can say, pay attention to me, or I want food, or I want out. He's trained like a dog to go outside, and he's super clean. And um, yeah, he's pretty cool. He can communicate by touching these buttons. And he knows which ones he's touching. He doesn't just randomly touch them.
1: We think.
2: No, we know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Merlin the pig, yeah. <laughs> yes. Then there's a um, company called No Nowatch, N-O-W-A-T-C-H.com. And this is this really cool gem face smartwatch.
2: Yeah, this, you guys, was beautiful, super decorative. So smartwatch, and then it does a lot of things like your Apple Watchwood or Fitbit. So you kind of, I mean, I thought like, why would you do that? But they're extremely elegant. They had very beautiful so there is no face on the watch and it's for anybody. It's a decorative gemstone. So they had the Lapis lazuli, which is a really unique gemstone. They had a whole bunch of them. Um, and then you just connect it to your phone and it provides you all the data. It's just a decorative thing that's really pretty on your arm. I thought it was really very inventive and really pretty looking.
1: Yeah, starting at $362. I'm not an op- Apple Watch fan and Gina really is.
2: Love uh, my so Apple thought Watch.
1: I- I thought of this for a second, because if if somebody didn't want to look techie, um, and of course, they don't want to look at a watch face, they just want to have a beautiful gemstone on their arm, this was an option. And maybe the next product is my pick of of the show. Uh, The website is called mybirdbuddy.com. And I've uh, got this beautiful place here in Reno. We look out on the backyard, and we have this fountain. And people tell me, you know, birds land on it. I say, what kind is it? And I have the Merlin Bird ID app, and I go out there and I try to get a sample of the thing if it makes a sound. But they don't always make a sound. And sometimes I've I've tried to get Ira to tell, capture the bird, and you know, I want to know what your birds are in my yard. This product is a birdhouse with a camera, and uh, it has solar power if you want. And they have a version for hummingbirds and a version for other birds. So the bird lands in there to eat its food. It takes a picture, compares it against the database, and it sends your phone a text of the picture, and it tells you what the bird is, if it's in the database. And then you can click on it and hear bird sounds and other stuff if you want. But I mostly just like the idea that I can be around my house. And just like a sighted person, I can know what birds are visiting my house.
2: Yeah. It has a camera inside and you put bird food in the bird feeder. So it looks like a traditional bird feeder, except again, they're, like Mike said, could be a little solar panel thing on the side, but it is really neat because our fountain attracts a lot of birds. So that would be really special.
1: And there's there was another company. I mean, if I thought that was very unique and believe it or not, there was a second one at least. And I'll come to that um, as I go through my notes. Uh, Invoxia was a a dog smart collar. You know, we always have lots of these. We have for for years. But it measures the vitals. It has GPS. It has um an LTE chip, a SIM card. 149, eight twenty five a month. Kind of interesting. Um, now there's there was uh, we've been hearing about this for several years. The OTC over the counter hearing aids, and they don't really call them hearing aids. Um, they're they're meant for people who have Difficulty hearing, maybe not severe problems, but some hearing issues. And there was a whole bunch of products. Um, Bob Sweetman was part of our posse going around and Bob really liked these. And I think he might even have ordered one. It's called New, N-E-W, Hera, H-E-A-R-A. They're gonna be in Best Buy Uh, in, in collaboration with Hewlett Packard. So it's called the New Hera HP and it's $699.
2: And this is kind of the rage. Mike and I participate in this thing called Accessibility Roundtable, and it's about a four-hour meeting and lots of different organizations involved with different types of accessibility things, and many of them involved in legislative-type stuff, that there have been many organizations pushing really to hard, hard to have more affordable hearing aids. And one Mike is on the board of the Consumer uh, Technology Association, who really is the sponsor of CES and this has just been a big push behind the scenes with lobbyists and all kinds of things. So they finally made progress, and there's a number of companies going to put out affordable for like mild hearing loss hearing aids. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: And they have built-in technology for assessing your hearing issues, so you can you can balance it just the way the audiologists do. And instead of six thousand dollars, it's you know six seven hundred. I think it's new hearing newherapro.com Bouncing uh, bouncing forward to a product from Kohler you know they make all sorts of faucets and toilets and shower heads and we have a shower head I've, I've told you about before from Moen and it it's uh, a controlled whoops I said that word um it's soup drinker controlled and you, it, you can tell it uh just um turn on and it warms up to your set temperature. And then it turns off until you get into the shower and it has two shower heads. This um, Kohler version, this smart shower control um, has the ability to control those heads separately. My uh, Moen shower does not. It's one temperature for both shower heads. Now you can you can tell it to change the temperature, you know, 104 degrees, 106, whatever you want. but um, if I were getting one today, I, unless Moen has upgraded their product, I would get that uh, Kohler one.
2: And the Kohler has another feature that people love because people, the, what these companies are trying to do is making your shower a whole like experience. And so they have all kinds of essential oils you can put in there and they emit those um, just in the shower while you're taking a shower. So a, a number of other features that just supposedly make you have a nicer shower experience. Yeah, and I
1: think they have they have that for uh, water faucets as well. I don't know that I need to remotely turn my water faucet on and off, but um, it's there. It's all there. And another big category, kind of in this, I don't know if it's sustainability. I guess so. But a lot of power banks. You know, we talk about um, you know three thousand milliamps and ten thousand and twenty thousand. Well, now they're 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 going out of control with these ones that are like the size of a washing machine you can have in your house that you know can control, can power your whole house, and they have, uh, they're really getting good with all of the technology that can interface that with the, the main panel of your house. So you can have one that's kind of um, for emergency use, it just powers your, let's say your refrigerator and your Wi-Fi and a few things, or you can have these whole house systems that are getting pretty affordable. Uh, and we saw any number of those in in a, a lot of interesting formats.
2: And also another thing I saw that was really neat, I think there, there would be called like a battery pack, like you, you know, carry around. These are meant to stay in your house. They're like um, beautiful stones and they would sit on a coffee table or on your kitchen counter, but gorgeous, elegant, like you wouldn't know they were there to charge your phone. And that those were very attractive, like home decoration pieces.
1: I've been really intrigued with hands-free glasses, and we've we've talked about these a lot, and you hear about them on you know a number of different webinars. But I think it's really important for for Ira for Be My Eyes, and eventually for Good Maps. Uh, so uh, I've I've been tracking those like the Envision AI glasses, ARX, and there was others. Those guys weren't at CES, but. Um, And Celeste is the new kind of low-cost one. It's not quite out yet, but I've ordered um, one of their early models, hands-free glasses. Um, But this company was called MightyVision.com, and I think that's kind of a bold name. Um, They had a a prototype of this kind of hands-free camera situation, bone conduction headphones. it's hard to tell how real it is yet, but when somebody spends you know $20,000 to have a, a CES booth, they, they have to be semi-serious. So I am I guess I'm giving them credit for um, being possible, if not totally plausible. But that's one of the ones to kind of keep an ear out for if you hear about Mighty Vision. And a lot of them are focusing on object recognition, scene identification, the kind of stuff that seeing AI does. So um, they do that, um, they don't do my favorite thing, which is to record video the way that some of the spy glasses do as a body cam would. I have a couple models of glasses, uh, Ray-Band and z and they're just really nice looking glasses with a built-in camera. I always turn them on when I board a U- an Uber with my dog. Uh, so I, I'm recording the video in case I have a rejection, which may be one out of 10 times, but uh, I've gotten some pretty good obnoxious video uh, of, of these guys. And I, I don't publish it, but I will share it with Uber or somebody else if I have to, uh, to, you know, to get my point across with those dog um, rejections. And,
2: yeah, I wanted to say too, like our actual experience of just being in Las Vegas, Mike talks about the amount of people there now. And we walk many places, but we did have to take Ubers multiple times and we did not have any rejections. It was very surprising. Um, You know, you always have a degree of stress like what's going to happen. And so this I just wanted to commend the uh, Uber drivers in Las Vegas for all of them very willingly and happily taking us and our our dogs. My dog, Yuli was there as well. Um, the other thing, what's cool about the the glasses that Mike just referenced, the Ray-Ban and the Ztronic's that we use in our personal life, is like Mike said for Uber, we're all, are always ready and available to take video of them. But Mike always takes really cool video of me for my Gina blind woman of action social media stuff, and the videos are great, you guys, because all he has to do is just aim, like just imagine he was looking at me, and the glasses take super high quality video. So that's been really really fun to just be able to do a bunch of video by ourselves. And then I send it to somebody to edit out certain things, but just to have the ability in the moment to take our own high quality video has been wonderful.
1: And the, the ray bands are voice control. So you can say, take video, uh, take photo. Uh, so it's, it's really nice. I was just um, at, at my uh, great nephew's soccer game this weekend and I took a bunch of videos uh, using both glasses. And sent him off to his parents. So, pretty cool that the blind guy is the one being the videographer there. <laughs> and then, speaking of bone conduction headphones, of course, Shocks was um, was at the show. They now go by Shocks instead of AfterShocks, and their newest product is called Open Pro. Um, I have the Open Com, which is their latest version with a, a microphone, about a three inch microphone, and I think that's the best thing going because it's, it'll do a better job of picking up Siri and any kind of vocal situation. Uh, a lot of people think that their AirPods work fine, but uh, the, the physics of microphones are, no matter how directional they are, if the microphone is at your ear, it doesn't pick up as well as if the microphone is at your mouth. It's just just the way it is. Uh, so I, I I'm a big fan of those uh open comms the pro they focus a little bit they're really for runners and so they're not that much for people that are talking uh or on zoom a lot of them are focusing on uh, the athletic market so that's the and they're supposedly a better base than the the ones that I have uh I don't remember the name of the company but they were touting the first car karaoke I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. never thought of, I mean, people sing along in the car all the time. So I'm, I'm not sure, I guess you know, it just has a microphone so you can be a little bit louder. Um, one of my favorite speaker companies, I don't know how long they've been around, but in my day of being a, an audiophile, they didn't exist. It's called SBS, Sierra Victor Sierra. And I have their speakers that are about three and a half feet tall. And um, they're really quite amazing. I think high quality music for the price, uh, they're hard to beat. Uh, they had, of course, they have new versions. They have a bookshelf version. They have a version of the, uh, the woofer that you can put in the wall between studs. Um, and so I was just checking out their, their newest, latest, and greatest. Uh, but I think the ones I have now aren't are going anywhere soon. Uh, more power banks, um, well, here's another trend, who would have thought, automated lawnmowers. So picture your rumba, except it's on the lawn. And last year, the cheapest one I could find was uh, $1,000, There's was one company. So this year there were four, so with competition will come cheaper prices. Uh, one of them has a sweeper, so it cleans up the the, the grass after it's cut. And uh, one of them has a snow blower attachment, which I'm really intrigued with and would love to have at our house here. We certainly could have used it this winter in Reno. It's been an amazing snow season. Um, let's see, Smart Cities, something about autonomous packages. Uh, I think that was more of a commercial product. Um, There's Yarbo is the snow blower and lawn blower. In case somebody wants to buy one, let me know how it works. I've been trying to convince them that they need me to be a beta tester. I haven't quite sold them on that yet, but they're $3,800 plus. Um, Okay, going on to the next day. So we're just getting to Friday now.
2: I think this has my favorite product on it. We'll let you get there first, though.
1: Nova-audio.com. Aha. Um, uh-huh. This is Good the timing. audio audio earring, that clip-on earrings. Tell us about that, Jana.
2: Yeah, these were amazing. They were super beautiful. They're like clip-on earrings, and they have pearls and different kinds of gemstones. The sound was fantastic. They're Bluetooth. They do not go in your ears like AirPods, but they had perfect sound. I mean, right in the middle of your head, because one's on your right ear and one's on your left ear. And they were totally attractive. They were affordable. I think they're like $350 to $500. They came in like rose gold, regular gold, silver. They they were really my favorite product.
1: Yeah, perfect sound, no bass. (laughs) Uh, I've... You, know, you would I don't think you would buy them for high-quality sound purposes, but it was decent sound. And you know, anytime well, you, you can carry your speakers
2: and, around in the world, you can't carry them around. So this these is are a this is true. Yeah, my reason if you want your, your music with you.
1: My big old AirPod Max headphones are a little bit uh, not not quite as attractive in public.
2: Definitely not.
1: Um, here's a product back specifically for blind people. Back for maybe their fifth year, CES their their owner, um, it's co- the company's called Strap, and it's an obstacle detection device, and it's gotten smaller and better over time, and it's pretty good. Uh, it's picture a couple of cross straps, um, and then this thing about the size of a oh let's say an orange. At your sternum, right in the middle of your chest, and it has all the sensors—ultrasonic, laser, lidar—you um, know—all these different sensors are going out, pointing down, pointing up, pointing in front of you. And they're really promoting it as something you can do without a cane or a dog. And so I walked around on the flat floor in that area without my dog, and it—it it was pretty cool. It was—I liked it. The thing when people were passing by, you know, you'd get this, zzz, zzz, you get these vibrations and the sensors are different places on, on your chest. So you get a sense of left, right, up, down. If you were Wait, using a cane, the-
2: I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say, if you're using a cane, the issue would be that the cane would be waving in front of you and triggering this thing. So I I think it would be great to have an obstacle detection device in conjunction with a cane, but not without it.
2: Um, the, the, there was sensors that were aimed at your face and that worked beautifully. I tried them out as well and had the same experience as Mike. It was good. Besides the people, there were booth walls. The guy put uh, things in front of my face in my way that I was unaware of, but I was notified by the device. I thought that's the best, uh, device I've ever seen at face level. Like if something's gonna smack you in the face, uh, it was really good.
1: Yeah, and they were in the pitch competition as well. Um, Another hearing product is called HearDL, H-E-A-R space D-L. And this is where you point your phone if you're sitting in a group, let's say in a loud bar or something like that, and you want to hear the person you're speaking to better, you point your phone towards them. So your phone is kind of the directional device. Um, PetNow, this is, you know, how people typically have a chip in their dog in order to find them or identify them if they were lost pet now has a, a way they say that there's dog face recognition and nose print recognition so if you get a nose print of your dog apparently it's just as detailed as a fingerprint and you register it <clears throat> register it with them and the dog gets lost then um Somebody could take a picture of that dog and compare it, and uh, you know, they figure it out. Uh, I don't know. It seemed It seemed different, and so I would certainly want to learn more about it. But uh, intriguing concept. Now, here's here's one. I think the best part of this was the fact that the the guy did not bat an eye at letting a blind person. <laughs> Try this monstrosity in the middle of a busy exhibit hall. I mean, this is really trusting their obstacle detection to the to the nth degree. Uh, it's called Skew, S-C-E-W-O, and it's a wheelchair that can go up and down stairs.
2: Hey, you guys, this was so amazing. So it's pretty heavy. Like you couldn't have it in residential use right now, but you could easily have one or two at a convention center and if somebody needed it. So first of all his trust was that he let me drive it. It has a little like joystick. Let me drive it. He stood behind me, didn't touch anything. It would be like, "Oh, a little more to your right." And I was navigating all these people in the booths. And then there were six stairs, not like a teeny curb, six real steps. And I, since I couldn't really see it, I was told it had extra wheels and things, but I, I couldn't exactly imagine how it was going to work and I was really worried about what was going to happen to, to me going up these stairs. It has extra wheels that drop down that make it flat on each level. So there's some that are at one level height and the other at the other level height. I never wavered. I didn't jiggle. It didn't tip me. It did nothing. It went up and down beautifully. It was really amazing and very exciting for people that it could actually benefit. It was really well done.
1: And not only can it climb chairs, this is. This is going back to a product that Dean Kamen invented um, 25 years ago, serving this, for this very purpose, for stairs and also so that somebody in a wheelchair can be at eye level with the people they're talking to in a standing situation. Uh, so this product did that. And there was another one I uh, came across later on that uh, the guy told me theirs was much lighter and more practical, but this one was certainly um, very industrial and you could picture it being available at different venues. Uh, The biped, we've seen several times and I probably mentioned before. Uh, This is another obstacle detection device, kind of like uh, the strap. Um, But this is a neck-worn thing. So if anybody's ever seen the Bose neck speakers, it's kind of like that. It drapes around your neck. And then it has the sensors, the cameras in the front. And they had a a smaller version. I. I wasn't overly enamored with it. I couldn't picture actually having a big piece of kit on my body like that. But it's interesting that a lot of people uh, keep working on these things and and trying to, you know, trying to deal with me, you know. I don't know if it's a, a problem in search of a product or a project product in search of a problem. But you see that a lot with people that want to replace the cane. Um,
2: it's definitely downsizing though. Every year it's getting smaller and yeah. nicer looking. But like as Mike said, it 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 would be neat for a week and then I'd be so sick and tired of putting it on and off and it, it schlepping it around.
1: Yeah, another one's called the obstacle uh lighthouse uh detection glasses um model LTH zero one. That's a thousand dollars. It has OCR video recording. Um yeah, same sort of thing.
2: It had some detection feature, and it was very annoying. It vibrated, and it was so loud; it was just really agitating. I would never wear those things for for that. So, and I think there's better products like Scene AI and Envision AI and things like that.
1: And then in the Amazon Pavilion, there was all sorts of cool things, and uh, we saw a coffee maker that uh, Gina. Got and was one of the early adopters of by Spin S P I N N and this is a fully automated coffee machine where you it you can hook it up to a water line or not and put in the beans and so then you can just hit a button and it grinds the coffee it extrudes it in the app you can tell it um exactly what intensity you want how many ounces of water what kind you know a lungo or an americano or all those different things it's controllable for an app it's 99% accessible and Gina got a kind of got a lemon
2: yeah it was unfortunate and i feel like it's more like 80% doesn't really matter accessible that there's just important parts of the app they are not accessible. But the daily routine, like Mike said, that is really neat to have an app that you can just pick different measurements and different types They can do cold brew. Uh, but yeah, it just keeps breaking. And the company before now, you can only email them. You could not talk to a human and it, it was maddening. But Mike uh, did some good networking and found some humans for us to deal with representing SPIN. So hopefully we'll and, get the coffee
1: maker working. Yeah. And in their defense, she's on her fourth unit and it's working. So <clears throat> they, yeah. they're following through, but it's such a pain when you got to box this thing up, ship it back, set up the new one. <clears throat> and we have another friend that has one that's had no problems with them. So I'm, I still think it's a very cool product, Spin. And then in that Amazon pavilion was Astro. And I wanted to meet Astro because I had signed up to get one. It's Amazon's personal robot. And it has, um, it's like the size of a small tricycle with like an echo show on the front of it. And it has all the Alexa features. Um, But it has a camera turret that goes up about three feet. So you can send it around your house. It can look for stuff. It can handle, you know, have it be a security device when you're gone. It can identify people. Uh, It can follow the dog. It can follow you. Uh, I don't. It has cup holders. So you could send it to the kitchen and say, uh, you know, Larry could have John send him back some some eight oh sevens and the, yeah, <laughs> cappuccinos and the cup holders. So, um, yeah, I'm i have still on the list to get one, and I'm on the There's a Facebook group if you're interested, Amazon Astra owners, and it's kind of fun to see what issues people are having with it, But it's still very much. Um, in a beta public beta kind
2: of level and mike talk about the labrador another uh robot type thing but it's more uh, one of the uses could be in your personal home for sure for that but also say a senior living facility and it can basically if you can't lift and this and that you can just pick an empty um laundry basket and set it on top. And you can raise and lower this thing super easy. So you can put your laundry basket on it. You can load up your laundry basket and tell it to take it to the washing machine. So then it takes it to the washing machine. You meet it at the washing machine. You take the clothes out. So it's wonderful for carrying, lifting, delivering. And they are actually working with Medicare to make sure it can be covered as a device that can be used in nursing homes and convalescent homes. So that, that is a really neat uh, robot that's in motion now, right now getting
1: perfect. Yeah. And it seems pretty stable and and usable, and it's really meant for a lot of senior homes or places where somebody's going to need some assistance. They can't carry stuff or take their food into the other room. Uh, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, the the Ring people were there, and I just stopped by and said, "Hey, there's the the Ring app menu is broken, which I've like seen a lot of blind people have mentioned." And um, I went in, and sure enough, it was fixed. So, uh, I was I was glad that it had been dealt with, and I was glad to tell them on the spot, "Hey, um, it's it's working, and that's important because it's something if you need to use of the Ring alarm or Ring camera features. Um, you know you want to be able to do that. Let's see. We're getting towards the end of my list. Um, oh, there's another wheelchair that I that these guys have been around for a while. It's called Will W H I L L, and they have autonomous wheelchairs. And um, I tried this and zipped around, and uh, it's it's not doesn't climb stairs or doesn't rise up to speaking level. But it's really meant for in an airport to um, supplant the meet and greet people. So the wheelchair shows up, you hop in it and you program your next gate or it's already programmed and it takes you to the next gate and it works. They're deployed in a couple of airports in Canada, I think in Japan. Uh, And it's, uh, I mean, it was amazing. We went out into the aisle where there's a lot of people moving around and it dodged those people effectively. Which reminds me, I also did that in a Waymo car in San Francisco. I went about 20 minutes through busy San Francisco streets in the uh, Waymo autonomous car, and there's nobody sitting in the driver's seat. I just kept putting my hand over there and feeling the wheel turning itself. Uh, Absolutely amazing. You should put it on your bucket list. Um, They're fully deployed in Phoenix. Uh, They're partially deployed in San Francisco. There's another company called Cruise. That's um, it's only available between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. But uh, anyway, the wheel um, wheelchair, I think you'll you'll see that get some traction, so to speak, in uh, in the U.S. market.
2: Another thing that fell into yeah, another thing that fell into the health care area is um, I saw a couple of these. They were fascinating. It's really about technology evolving that you can just look at a camera and they're making it be your iPhone camera. A a lot of cameras will work. And within 30 seconds, it gives you a ton of health data, like vital statistics. And this, the main purpose is, so you can do video visits. And now when you go do a video visit, they don't know what you weigh. They don't really know your blood rush. They don't know a lot about you that they would gather if you were in their office. So this is being used in like rural situations and all kinds of scenarios. And it was really good, you guys. Like they, within about two minutes, they gave me a very extensive report on a lot of health issues just by looking at your face. And it can tell like the depth of your skin and your blood vessels, all kinds of stuff. It was amazing.
0: Okay, uh, Scott is next. Uh, you said you mentioned APH was there. Did, did they happen to have their their uh, monarch? Yes. Graphics displayed. Did you happen to see that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did I've too. been. I've been waiting to see that device, and for those who don't know what they—they they did call it the DTB, and then they just gave it its official name, the Monarch. And it's um, physically the the Braille dis- the tactile display is about oh eight by ten inches, and um, it's it's completely <coughs> solid dots, so it it uh, it has a graphical way or a actual display of showing things like an American flag or a logo or anything that you would want in a, in a full tons display. Tons of
2: mapping things. Like I had to show me states that I didn't know what they looked like. It was really neat, really neat.
0: Oh uh, that's good. All right. yeah, That's going to be a while, though, before that actually oh, comes out. They Quite said a while, not even
2: until like sometime late 2024. 2024. I was yeah. for that for some reason. I guess because Mike and I have been seeing it around for a bit, I thought it was –
1: I mean, I mean, people have been working on these for 30 for years. For years. I mean, yeah, I, I,
0: I, I talked to Greg Stilson about it last year and edited something that he did for ACB, and I was just fascinated by what they've accomplished in a year. And yeah. another year or so, hopefully, if all goes well, it'll be out, and I, it's going to be revolutionizing. It
1: really will be. Well, and it was in the $100,000 range, and now it's, I think, twelve or something, and so it could really be something out of school, and um, people can start learning to, to understand things two-dimensionally.
0: Phone user on area code 510. might be uh, Steve Mendelson. Uh, th- thank you, guys. Mike am um, a different wonderful presentation. I'm struck by the fact that uh, probably a majority of the devices you mentioned and the systems you mentioned are made by fairly small companies. You mentioned one or two where there seemed to be a collaboration between uh, a, a small company with a disability orientation uh and a mainstream company but i guess i'm wondering overall what sense you get uh from year to year and what sense you get this year of the degree to which uh, at early stages of mainstream development issues of accessibility uh are integrated into uh either by literal integration or by partnership uh into the design and development work
1: yeah steve that's a that's a great question and it's thought-provoking because the big companies are doing things Um, I pay particular attention like appliances for example are are always annoying when they went from having knobs to flat panels and now they have apps and they're they're connected and some of the companies' uh, apps are getting pretty good I, I like the one from Bosch the best so I think in terms of accessibility that's my appliance company of choice. Um, the Samsung app last time I used it was terrible. You no, know, had Whirlpool an oven.
2: is not so good either.
1: The Whirlpool one has been such a nightmare. It got worse. And I've been talking to them directly at a high level since 2015 when I got my first washer dryer. Theirs has gotten worse and they keep saying they're going to do something and they don't. So and I want to say that.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Last last year, I wrote an article for Access World, and I specifically asked that question, Steve, about accessibility. And I focused more on the smaller to mid-sized companies, so not the Bosch's or the Googles or any of that. And it was really disheartening. They did not know what I was talking about. They all want to say, yes, they're accessible. They don't know what that means. They don't know what voiceover means. And I, I just kind of gave up after like 25. I, I found it sad and disheartening. So I didn't have the energy to do that again this year, but maybe next year I'll like make a bigger push or have some little model to show them what accessible means and w- what works and what doesn't to you know get them interested. They all seem to have a good attitude about it. And some were just completely clueless.
1: One of my favorite things to do is when um you hit one of these companies like Bird Buddy. And I'd say, hey, I wonder if your app is accessible. And they said, oh, no, no, we haven't considered that yet. And you know, we have to get the product. They start giving you this long excuse. And I said, hey, on a second, let's just try it. It makes everybody nervous. And you know, they have the app on their phone. So I turn on voiceover on their phone. I use it. And turns out that it's very accessible. And then they get excited that, oh, my gosh, our app is accessible. Or we didn't even know it. Uh, And sometimes they aren't. And so then, you know, I try to get their card and get a conversation going to prompt them later. But um, that's a little harder to do at the high level with these bigger companies. Okay, next Next is area code uh, 518.
2: Hi, this is Mary Beth. First of all, congratulations on your um, award. And thanks for the great presentation. Um, I'm voting with Gina on the earrings. Um, and I <laughs> yeah. do have one question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that that's the very best product. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I um, want those. I wanted those the second I was I want tired. them too. <laughs> yeah. I know. Replace all those with the clunky headphones. I'm, I'm there. Um, yeah. but I do have a question about the telehealth, um, thing. Um, does a person need to make eye contact with the, the, um, thing in order for facial recognition or it just gather all those statistics some other way? No, it it seemed like it used a lot more, it, it used a lot more skin and some depth things like that. It didn't touch you though. I did it. And I mean, I do, I don't have any vision, but I do know how to look straight, but it's not like I'm, I know exactly where I'm. So like me and Claire at the airports, we, we don't do so well. Um, that's not just an eye thing for some reason, that's the fingerprint thing too. But I do not think that um, direct eye contact is necessary. It wasn't when I did it. And I, and I know it's not just using eyes, it's using lots of other things about your face
3: okay next is area code
2: 951 hi mike
3: i'm Gina. this is nancy younger I haven't talked to you guys in a long time um i'm fascinated i have lost track of it i'm fascinated with the indoor and outdoor navigation which i haven't you know gotten into yet what's the status of all that with uh good maps thank you
1: oh uh, it's coming along well um it's you, you think of gps outdoors and. Um, Sometimes it, it uh, disconnects or doesn't you know give you the right direction. Um, I think indoor navigation is, it's going to have a bit of that as well indoors, but the accuracy can be as good as a couple feet. The big challenge, of course, is that it's only in a limited number of places. Uh, we have a lot of train stations in the UK that are mapped. In the US, it's a smattering of uh, universities and a museum and um, hospital, and um, <clears throat> you know, Southern California. I think it's just the Anaheim Marriott, Northern California. There's a BART station, MacArthur BART is mapped, and Zellerbach Auditorium. And so that's the big challenge, really, is getting the venue owners to invest in the navigation, which is not just for blind people, it's really meant for everybody.
2: But mm. what's really neat about it is that. Um, For me, besides just the act of navigating, it's exponentially exciting when you get there, like in most cases, like you could say, oh, I want to go to a Freedom freedom Scientific talk in Salon G. I mean, good luck with that, right? You don't know what floor it's on. You don't know what corridor it's on. and And the navigation is quite good. Occasionally, like anything, it'll mess up, but I would say it's mostly really good. And then also I did some testing at a museum and it was really exciting like it made my heart happy it would be like oh when African women's art exhibit is on level two and you know this section it took me right there but just to even have the directory of everything that is on exhibit at the museum is really really neat besides being able to get there just to even know what's there and to get to choose and not have to fumble around and wonder wander around it. I think it's it's really made a lot of progress. And it's really great for independence.
0: Okay, Albert, are you there?
3: I wanna thank you both for uh, the presentation that you gave. It's very informative. Um, One of the things I'd like to see happen in terms of accessibility in terms of appliances is that I think we need to, both consumer advocacy organizations really need to reach out and establish some sort of a virtual or in-person symposium about what accessibility is, how it works, and what what it's used for. Because I live in a building where we have a good percentage of tenants um, who are blind, and we can't find an accessible uh, washer and dryer uh, combination for our laundry room, because ours is is breaking down and uh, they don't have parts for the machines that we are, are currently using. And they don't seem to know where to go to get something that's accessible for us to use. And I think that's why accessibility a symposium or a virtual one should be a, a, a constant thing that happens every uh maybe four months every year, you know, every four months to, to make sure that these companies, whether they be big or small, know what accessibility constitutes, what it means, how it works. And I think that would be a, a plus for us. That's that's my comment, but
1: yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. Uh that's an area that's very under addressed and and needs to be. So I think we'd all go along with that.
0: Um, Mike and Gina, thanks again for a wonderful presentation. I, I look forward to this every year because I never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> and you have done your Sorry. utmost to make me continue to not know what to yeah. expect. So I enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed it. Thank waiting
1: a for I more next share. year. <laughs>
0: Well, g- good presentation. Thank you so much. And yes, uh, it was fun. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. We look forward to seeing you both at CSUN yes, here. In a yes. yes, and bring yes. my See birthday presents. It's my birthday, so yes.
2: bring oh, birthday Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: We'll start looking okay, around yeah. now for some of those items you may yeah. have dropped along the way Perfect. It's CES. Larry's going to buy you the earrings, I think.
2: I love it. That's so nice, Larry.
0: Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Bye, just guys. make sure they have mickey mouse on them uh,
0: john yeah, can John can do that perfect. in a flashlight yeah. that you'll not yeah. be able to exactly. see nice going john
1: Bye,
0: so next week a lot of us from tech talk are going to get together and we're going to do something that we've been talking about doing for a long time and it's not my favorite app but it's my favorite phone app and there are bunches of them and um We'll probably come up with about, in fact, we already have come up with four or five. And then the rest of the evening will be up to you. So there'll be a release on it. Uh, Alan will be sending out something. But uh, be thinking of your favorite phone app and join us next week on Tech Talk.